0: Welcome to the Stories We Don't Tell, I'm Stephen. I'm Joey.
1: And I'm Paul, and this is a podcast about storytelling. Hi, this is just a quick message from Paul. Due to, well, you know what, we'll be recording remotely and posting new episodes with more frequency. On each episode, you'll hear a story from one of us or from a special storytelling guest, followed by a quick discussion. We'd like to hear from you. Visit our website, tell.org to get in touch. On with the story.
0: I wake up with the feeling I have forgotten something important. I'm halfway into the thought as if I'd opened my eyes mid-sprint in a race. Someone is knocking at the front door. I have woken up in the middle of something. I stumble to the door in the dark and knock over the clothes I wear outside, which I piled on the chair in the hallway. I make a mental note to wash my hands. I ignore the accelerating knocking and force myself to slow down, gingerly stepping around the small wastebasket full of used Lysol wipes. Through the peephole, I can see a female security guard. I don't recognize her. All the security people I knew were fired a few weeks ago when a new company was hired for the building. I am not fully awake and only catch half of what she is asking through the door. Lee King here? What? Who? No, I say. What time is it, I think, irritated. Check the bathroom, please. I have a very strange vision of someone named Lee King sneaking in during the night and hiding in my bathroom sorry why please sir and let me know a panic pushes me into the bathroom i don't want to touch anything yet so i feel around with my feet in the dark and immediately slip in a small pond of water oh fuck me i go to the sink and wash my hands in the kitchen humming happy birthday twice and keeping track of each of the dirty dishes i had to touch before i could turn on the water and then go and let the security guard in She immediately kicks over the basket of used Lysol wipes in the dark. I want to clean them up, spring on them like they are ants or mice who have managed to escape a trap, but I keep backing away from the guard instead, trying to keep the six-foot distance that has been promised to keep me safe until I'm stopped by the edge of my couch at the end of the hall. We stand for a second, just staring at each other. I realize we have spoken before, small talk about using Kijiji in the lobby. We don't speak now. She seems tired and unimpressed, and I can't imagine how I look, tense, with a suppressed urge to flee. The property manager comes in next and goes right into the bathroom, immediately flipping on the light. He returns to the hallway and gives a slight sigh. He has graying hair and slightly graying skin. And the poker face of someone who has dealt with so many logistical problems, he has grown completely immune to panic. I imagine a hiker in the middle of a long and remote mountain trail would have the same look, where a bear crossing your path and a dirty pot take on an equivalence, a value of just another fucking thing to deal with. The water is clogged on the floor below from this, he says. The plumber will be here in a few hours. I am suddenly, almost embarrassingly aware, no one is wearing gloves or masks and everyone has their shoes on. But shouldn't? I pause. What I'm about to say sounds so overblown and literal in my mind, it sounds too ridiculous to let out loud. But I don't know any other way to put it. I mean, don't we have to worry about the coronavirus? No, he says, his face unchanged. Clog toilet or pandemic. Just another fucking thing. My girlfriend walks into the hall mid-stretch as I'm mopping up the floor. I wash my hands in the kitchen again and use Lysol wipes on my feet. The bathroom is flooded, I say, and not wanting to wreck the beginning of her first work-from-home week too much, tried to soften the news with, I'll make some coffee and toast. She settles into the corner seat and opens her computer. I think about how we had to fight to get her the work-from-home permission, how I was doing amateur research on employment law for a week to find something she could use to buy time at home, advice given by my physician father. It's going to get bad, I think, he said. Once you get her home, though, she won't be going back for a while, so don't worry. Just get her home. We got her out of the world, but now the world wants in. I call my father again. Well, you should have got that toilet fixed ages ago, he said. It's always been a lemon. Yeah, but I just didn't want to pay for a new toilet when I already had one, I sputter. You can't cheapskate this stuff, man. Get them to pay for it. Come on, you've got to pull it together now. I send an email after about an hour, and management agrees to a 50-50 split for a new toilet, American Standard, and they'll cover labor. I'm surprised at the fast response. Maybe having a couple wandering around the building looking for a toilet to use is not something they want to deal with right now. The plumber is a young guy with red hair, thick round glasses, and charisma. He could be the leader of a band on his off time, I think, the kind of affect that lulls you into conversation. I keep my responses curt from a distance of six feet. Tub flood too? Yes. You want to see what the big snake grabbed? It's wild. No. I can't even say thanks. It would invite more possible interaction. Pretty much done. Can I get a cup of water? I can't bring myself to tell him to just get the fuck out. It seems unforgivably rude. The first step into barbarism. I see two choices. He can go into the kitchen and touch every surface looking for a glass, or I can pass one to him. I grab a glass and hide my face behind an open cupboard when I hand it to him, while trying to make it look like the cupboard just happened to be open. And hey, doesn't silly stuff just happen sometimes? The feeling of being suddenly in the middle of something hits me again. I feel like i failed some kind of test I didn't know I was taken until I was halfway through. Oh, that's so much better my girlfriend says when she sees the new toilet. I always thought the other one was too yellow. I want to relax, to feel like we're all safe now, but I can't. Not yet. I put on some socks, get out the bleach and the no-name cleaner and a mop, and set to going over every surface from the front door to the living room twice. I throw the socks out and wash my feet and my hands and my face. Bathroom's all yours, I say, and move on to the task of getting groceries, but all the online deliveries are already booked.
1: just uh why don't we ease into it i guess we should like we always do we always forget to introduce ourselves and like mm-hmm. this is now more people than i think we've ever had on a podcast ever at one time true it's our biggest podcast ever right and so, uh, none of us are in the same place <laughs> yeah 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 uh um so my name's paul i'm yeah. stefan yeah.
0: there's a joey here and i'm john
1: Hey John, thanks for thanks. thanks for coming on the show.
0: Thanks for having me, guys. It's very what? nice to see you. What's the show called, Paul?
1: Oh yeah, this is the Welcome to the Stories We Don't Tell podcast, which I really love. That we usually we usually introduce about you know seven to ten minutes into the podcast. Oh yeah, that's important. Um, I, I guess I'll, we have an intro too, but um, anyways, this is how we get into it. So these are these are two. This is something I was interested in when I was. When I was listening to your story the notion of how quickly because this seems to be a theme in this that we've been talking about a lot but just how quickly things have changed and something I was thinking about was just like for you how has I mean you talked about the private space in your story but like I was just thinking of like this how the the notion of just public space and private space and how quickly it's all changed but maybe you can just sort of elaborate uh, if if you want to, how those things have changed for you.
0: Well, the weird thing for me too, other than, so my girlfriend moved in the month before this all happened. And so it's a shared space now, whereas before it wasn't for me. And I also feel responsible because she moved into my space. And so I kind of, you know, I don't really want the bathroom overflowing. It seems like a bad, uh, a bad sale. And also, when we go out, I finally sort of understand these, these sort of Jane Austen novels where they love going for walks. And like they'll say, do you want to take a turn? And they get excited because we just literally go out the backyard and walk in a left moving circle uh, and, wa- and make sure we avoid children and any other people who are in the backyard and then go back inside. And so this sort of, our, our world has almost in a big city been turned into this sort of tiny like country hamlet. It's, it's as if the rest of the city doesn't exist uh, except for occasionally going to to get groceries. So it's it's sort of brought the world very, very close. And then I felt uh yeah, when when the action when things start falling apart in the apartment, suddenly the world's very close and now it wants in. And you can't even sort of keep it out. So I think that's been the biggest change, just feeling all of a sudden like uh the the public world and the private are right up next to each other. They're very different now. And and you don't want to let the public in, but it, it wants in anyway. You can't. You, you need people to come and fix things. Things are going to break. You you need it in. And how do you respond to that when you when you're supposed to be fully separate? Or well, that's the advice.
1: How you how we've talked a lot about how just you interact with people now, and so you know you're talking about like people coming into your space. But even like again in both of these spaces, the public space and the private space, like it's now. Uh, I mean, for me, uh, and I think. Probably a lot of other people just going to the grocery store is an anxiety-infused adventure now.
0: Yeah, I feel like I'm uh, I'm planning all the time. It's like, uh, I mean, it feels a little bit like uh, I imagine what combat might feel, which feel like, which is like you're always anticipating the other person's moves. (laughs) So when you walk down the street, if someone is coming towards you, you are calculating: Do I cross the street if they get within? you know, firing range. Uh, And when you go to certain areas, you think like, what's the layout? How close are quarters are things going to be? You know, like I do find myself doing all these really weird for just going out calculations. And I find them sort of exhausting, uh, you know, and it sort of almost makes me just say, ah, the hell with it. I'm just going to stay in anyway, just because after a while, you're sort of doing this, this dance and things with other people and it's just it just sort of becomes too much so i think that more than anxiety i it's just being tired you know sort of thinking over having to think and prepare in that way mm-hmm. so like i'm told by my my parents who i talked to on the phone and my girlfriend here which is that they they like me this week which implies to me that i haven't been the easiest person maybe the last two weeks before um and i think i realized this week that Oh, okay. Uh yeah, it's one of these things where it's like when they say when you're over 40, you have to have a good humor otherwise you're just a grumpy old man, whereas when you're young you can be crabby and it looks cool. Um and it's sort of the same now. Like when you are with someone uh all the time, you're both working from home, your recreation is basically with each other, you need to have you need to force a good sense of humor. And so it's just finding like it's turning the private space into almost uh well through the internet a little bit like a public space like we just make gifts and silly things and put them up and kind of work together on that and make sure that like everybody's sort of chipping in for cooking and then kind of take pictures of that And i, I mean taking pictures of food i used to think was the stupidest thing anyone's ever thought of it's food you should just eat it but now it's like no we need to kind of share this because. If there's a reason to make sure everything is sort of staying like it looks good and there's a reason to put in the energy and it's kind of fun it makes it easier to keep up um, to keep that up that extra energy just to make things fun and not miserable
1: I want to do a quick poll with just everybody I'm over 40 am I just a grumpy old man now or
0: Paul you're the funnest <laughs> person I've ever I, I have don't even don't even go there my friend okay. you you are a delight all right <laughs>
1: Wow! No sarcasm. I I was going to
0: say you're super grumpy over text.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I'd say I'd agree with that.
0: No, I think I know. I want to be. I want to be fair, Paul. You're very, very funny, um, and uh, and I enjoy your funniness and your company. I want to say that sincerely, and I hope that we're friends after this (laughs) podcast.
1: Yeah. All right. Should we do Joey? Do you have the 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 lightning round? Uh questions?
0: wah No, we're using that. That's good that's staying in for sure.
1: A new lightning round question, actually. Oh, love that.
0: Okay. No, I'm actually. This is this. So this is the thing I've been thinking is, um, like, with each passing day, there's so much new information, and you know about this thing that we're not going to talk about. It's it's super secret. At what percentage do you think that you process this information? Because I, for me, I feel like at the most seventy percent. Because there's a certain
1: points in the day where I'm like, oh, this is a really big deal, and other points I'm like, oh, this is fine,
0: and I'm probably processing it at like twenty percent at those. Points, but like, at what percentage do you think you processed what's happening? It's interesting. I think actually, I'm processing everything at different times, different things mm. at different times. Mm. And so, uh, what I'll find is like, I'll be like, I don't understand why I'm waking up in the middle of the night, right? Because I'm not thinking about anything, or I don't get why I haven't had an app- much appetite today, uh, or I don't get why I'm worrying about, you know, what's going to happen. Say, if my folks sort of go out further than going for a walk. When otherwise I feel great and I can exercise. And so it's like my system is taking this in at different rates, um, which, I, which is sort of really weird. And usually when one sort of settles down, when the thinking kind of, you know, I'm like, okay, cool. I sort of resolved whatever I was thinking about. Then the, the nervous system starts acting up. I can really sort of feel this, feel this go through. So that's the one thing I've noticed. Not so much how much I'm taking it in, but how, the process of it that it really sort of it really sort of hits me in different spots at different times and i got to be aware of that cuz otherwise it's confusing it's like mm. i don't get it i we i was good with this yesterday why i'm not thinking about it at all why am i uh, you know walking in circles in the backyard so john whenever this whole thing is wrapped up what's the thing you're going to do first or like second but like shortly after yeah I, what are I'm, you so excited about yeah i mean i think i wanted to be really uh um you know kind of offhand about it and say like breathe a sigh of relief or go swimming buy coffee wander around bookstores or play darts at this uh, japanese place that i can go to to play darts uh but i think the the reality and it, i don't know if it's i don't know how it sounds but the real truth is i'm very excited to be able to go and see uh visit with my folks and uh, like in their in their house and I, I, am the one thing I really am surprised is actually, because it's not like I see them all the time, like semi-regularly. Uh, they just live a 50, 40, 50-minute 50 drive away. It's not like they're far. Um, but the fact that we don't see each other, and I know they're kind of sequestered there. They're comfortable, but like, you know, can't see their friends and stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited for the family and my brother and his wife and everybody to just be able to, to sit in the same room. It's, it, that's been, it's been weird when it's not happening. And I think going forward, I'll kind of uh, appreciate that more. I think I really did take that for granted. So, so that's the, that's the non smart ass answer. That, uh, that's the truth.
1: Well, we've been uh, sequestered here. What, what is something that you have missed?
0: Um, well, I mean, kind of, as you guys know, I've like, I've self isolated before by choice. When I when I was going off psychiatric meds, and then by circumstance when I was recovering from that knee injury, which is all the stories I've told with you guys already, um, and so I'm, I was I thought I'd be kind of used to this. Like I just sit in a room for two years and have five surgeries and read a hundred books. That's there's a there's a whole system here, and so I didn't think actually I'd really miss uh, anything, um, but I think and maybe it's a good sign. I've just kind of, and I think I said it before, I just kind of miss just being able to go out and be relaxed, if that makes sense. You know, I think uh, now that I can, and that I want to, and that it's sort of taken away uh, just that sense of, yeah, you can just go out and you can be in the world and, and do whatever you'd like. I mean, in terms of just walking around or doing whatever. And I think, that's the one thing I've I've really found that I, I profoundly miss actually.
1: What is uh what what have you been doing to pass the time while you're there? And uh can you give us something that you're you recommend that you've been watching or listening or or um you know, reading? Engaging or-
0: with. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because like I tried reading the old books, you know, like the classics that I used to like to read and by the time I got too or, or 10 pages into Death of Venice, I was like, nope, I can't breathe. <laughs> I'm putting this down. None of this is good. Um, and so one thing I've been, and I was saying this to you guys at the beginning, one thing uh, I've been doing is just like lots of social media, like just tweeting with abandon and Instagramming the very silly things. I think I'll start a TikTok later. There Uh-oh. might be a, a YouTube. I'm like, honestly, there's a, me, there's a GIF of me dancing while I'm holding Mandarin oranges. That I'm very proud of, um, and that that really makes me laugh every time I see it. And so I, I just I was surprised that I was terrified to do that stuff before. It seems so mean out there, um, and you only have ten followers anyway. So really, you know, who are you talking to? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, man, I'm just gonna yeah. put all this stuff out there, and I don't know why it's been very uh, it's been very relaxing. And then. Um, in terms of TV, everything I normally like, where it's thrillers or horror movies, anything on HBO, it all seems uh, kind of like playing the sad songs sad now. And I just want all the things to be, if not happy, then uh, insulated. And so one thing I've been getting into, and it's because uh, my girlfriend really likes them, is anything Jane Austen, which I, I hated when I was an undergrad. We read all the books and everything. but. We have signed up to networks to track down, like the Jane Austen miniseries *Pride and Prejudice*, like the classic one back in the 90s. Uh, I think we've watched every version of that, the one with Keira Knightley. Suddenly, uh, and then we and then we've exhausted all of that. So now we're watching *Cranford*, which is a British series about a small town, Cranford, where the train is coming in. Um, So I found that, yeah, all of a sudden these sort of semi-wealthy, their problems aren't really that important, but you know, it's not, there's real dramatic stakes and uh, their main source of entertainment is going for walks and they're all stuck with each other and they can't really leave, uh, really speaks to me right now. It's, it's I, for anyone who's trying to figure out how to deal with their being sequestered and has a place to do it uh, and is with doing with people, it's not the worst thing you could, you could check out. So that's, that's my recommendation.
1: All right. Let's, so we're going to TikTok the shit out of this on our stores we don't tell Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right.
0: You Is guys need a TikTok.
1: Is think he that's... on TikTok? I don't know. I'm over 40, so that shit's like, <laughs> that shit has failed.
0: Paul, oh, honestly, yeah. I would watch your TikToks. I, I would subscribe. I'm going to subscribe to your TikTok now. It's not even out there yet. Yeah. I think yeah. you can pre subscribe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I'm... laughs> if you want to be first to see Paul's first TikTok, sign up to our newsletter because it's coming.
1: Thank you for listening to our podcast. Visit tell.org and like our Facebook page for more information about our monthly events.
0: And for more stories, check out our book, available anywhere books are sold. This episode of the Stories We Don't Tell podcast is brought to you by Rotary Phones. Rotary Phones, they're rolling right back in. i was really hoping you can avoid this.
1: <laughs> Good luck, Paul. <laughs>